afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting day in the market trade. As you look at the screen, a lot of negativity that took place both on the grain and the livestock side. We're going to talk about it from a livestock perspective first. He's with Brad Coima. He's with Coima and Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So we got to know, Brad, can we blame what we saw today? On the crude oil. You know, I suppose not, but, you know, I'm struggling for, yeah, no lie. Uh, like I said, a lot of other done this at nine o'clock and, and, you know, I'll be the first to admit that there's times when the market makes very little sense to me on a daily basis. Um, and today would be one of those. Uh, you know, it, it felt like, though, first of all, we were quite oversold coming in here. We had a two and a half week rally and a lot of our commodities have had that. The hog market had the same kind of action today. Um, and um, so we were probably due for a down day. I wouldn't have not at all been surprised at a down day today, but, you know, to, to erase half of the rally that took two and a half weeks to get and take it away in two hours is frustrating. You know, I've got the old saying, I've got a posty note stuck in my other desk over there, uh, you know, up on the stairs, down on the elevator right you know i mean so we we always have had a, a natural tendency in the commodity markets to have those down moves quicker because you always have a group of sellers you know those of us that produce it you know worse are potential sellers every day so you know am i in a state of panic over today's action i, I am not uh, june cattle the most actively traded cat our contract uh, the low today is right at 50% of this last leg up, and it's right at the 40-day moving average. Let's hope that that holds tomorrow. I would have liked to seen us get a little separation off those lows and close a little more mid-range than we did, but we didn't. Um, I, I, I'm anxious also to see what the open interest does. Uh, if we saw a big drop in the open interest today, and then Susan, then they would say, okay, well, some of the longs came out, some of the funds came out. Uh, you know, your crude oil comment, I think, is 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 actually got – some credibility to it, I think, because that was sharply lower. Just about every commodity that usually is 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 you know on the what's an inflationary sensitive commodity on that list. Just about every single one of those got trashed pretty good today. Um, so I, I don't know if there was just kind of a risk off mentality in, in in that mood of that money manager, perhaps. One of the things that you worry about as a broker today, and, and he's, anybody I'm sure is going like, well, what's going on? What's the news? Is there something going on? Is there something that I don't know? That's, of course, what I really fear because this is supposed to be my job, right? Um, one of the things that I, you know, the, the initial question when I talked around to, 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 to the, my network of friends, if you want to call them that, was whether there was something new from OSHA. Uh, a few days ago, uh, there was some talk uh, uh, from that group that they were potentially looking again at whether they were going to change some of the regulations on spacing at a packing house. Uh, now this news is like at least a week old, I think, Susan. Um, and I initially was troubled and I thought, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You know, I mean, it's a year, you know, by the way, a year ago today, June Gallo at 8592. How about that? 8592 is where they were a year ago. I mean, we were right in the throes of the, of the COVID wreck. Um, so anyway, to get to my point here, so I, I called and I don't know, I don't think that that was the deal. I, and nobody's telling me and everybody that I talked to on that is like, oh, come on, get real. You know, they've had days off where they vaccinated their whole staff or their whole workforce at these places. Right. They're doing fine. We're getting hogs and cattle bed in a very, very timely fashion, certainly. But, you know, it's government. So anything is possible. So 
I don't think that there was a catalyst exactly for the event other than we were overbought and yet a lot of the energy markets falling out of bed and, and the, and the cattle futures kind of sympathetically got it going with it too. And then the ball starts rolling, you know, is there some excitement that could be building? I know that uh, national beef is doing an expansion in Iowa. We've heard uh, other plants across the Midwest are looking to do some expansions as well to their plant plants. Does that, or could that bode well for the cattle market? Oh, well, you know, yeah, there's one potentially in Nebraska. I don't know. You know, I mean, I just happened to see the prospectus on that a couple of days ago. But um, what, what, what we're talking about is leverage, Susan, and you bring up a great point. Um, the, you know, I've, I've seen some studies that and that would tell you that there is, and, I, you know, I say this, I don't mean to sound this flippant at all, but there is a very, very fine line between too much and not enough. And when the packer has the ability to have a few more cattle offered to him than they have for shackle space, that little bit is a bunch. I mean, in terms of what we're getting paid for our cattle. I've seen studies that would suggest that if we would change our ability to slaughter cattle by as little as 3,500 a day, given the supply we have right now, that would be enough to tip the, the scales way in the advantage of the seller rather than the advantage of the buyer. Now, saying that's easy, you know, developing the hundreds of millions of dollars it takes to, you know, build a 35, like a greater Omaha style plant, for instance, you know, I mean, that, that if you could poof, drop one out of the sky, our market would be different tomorrow. Um, but yes, I am very encouraged by what I hear at Tima. I'm here, you know, there, there's a small plant north of us that's, you know, slowly getting going. They're going to try to do 150, 200 a day. There's another one I know in central Iowa that's trying to get that hit. Every, certainly every little bit helps. We've been trying to press on our congressional people to come up with creative ways, whether it's tax incentives or something like that, to try to encourage. Um, and, and they have a these, these sort of things. And they, they have a pretty soft year right now to these sort of things. So yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged by it. It, it's not going to help us tomorrow. Uh, but you know, I mean, that that's the way things work, right? Let's, let's work today for better things uh, down the road. Can we be optimistic though, with the way we saw cash trade this week, that maybe that momentum could continue next week? Really ironic. You know, the worst trading futures day we've had is on a day where the cash news is the best it's been in seven weeks, right? You know, I mean, it's seven weeks of steady, and I got 115 today. Now there's a little bit of 115.50 now. Um, that's two dollars better than I could have got last week. Um, yes, I, I think all the things that you and I have talked about so many times, that the North's supply is actually less than I think what the the, the general uh, public thinks it is. Stick around. We've got more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Brad Coima continues to join us. He's with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Just like what we saw in the livestock side, we saw the deflationary happening in the grains. But before we talk about the negative, let's talk about what everybody's talking about and the fact that China's been popping back up in those export numbers. But Brad, you're saying the books are being achieved. Yeah, to at all be negative or downplaying the fact that, uh, you know, for a change, China appears to be doing what they said they were going to do, um, which is great. But, you know, I just, you know, because I get a lot of those calls from some of the farmers that may or not be, or traders that may or not be quite as dialed in, and they go like, well, how come that China, isn't that China news? That's really big, isn't it? And you go, yeah, it really is. It truly is. It's huge. But we, we were anticipating this, and the market was anticipating this. So, 
it's not buried, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's not quite the, oh my gosh, from out of no, nowhere, lightning bolt type news either. Uh, and it is kind of ironic um, that so often our, our, our futures market is, is uh, weird enough that, you know, you, 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 you rally the market in anticipation of what the, how good the news is going to be. The news comes out really good. And then they go, oh, okay, what what are you going to do for me tomorrow? And then we start to see some of the profit taking come in and you see the market set back. I really think that that's all it was today for the most part. Um, uh, and, you know, our export demand is tremendous. Uh, you know, the, the, the macro fundamentals of the, of the grain markets, both the corn and the beans are rock solid, I believe. But it is the middle of March, you know, Susan, and as you've asked me about before, I mean, it's hard to really talk about production issues in the United States this time of year. Is there some excitement building or some pressure that could be building from the planting intentions report that's coming up? That's what's on the trader's radar now. Um, and and that's the end of the month. And I, I, wonder, I wonder if that isn't part of the softness in the trade. I think there's also an element of, and I know you can't raise a crop in March, but the moisture pattern is a little different. I think anybody that lives around here would have to admit that. You know, we've we've caught some moisture. The forecast looks like there's quite a bit of moisture coming the next 10 days. So there's that out there. But I think that, you know, to answer your question about the acreage numbers, uh, I, I would fully expect that we're going to see huge numbers of, of row crop, huge corn, huge bean acres. We've got a great deal of an amount of incentive to plant it because of the prices that are out there. This whole insurance package that's available this year, I think, also encourages you know wall-to-wall uh, planting. I, I, you know, is there going to be very much in terms of the small grains? I would doubt it. You know, uh, you know, would you plant a, a, a hay, oats, whatever, when you've got this opportunity uh, on the corn and the beans? I doubt it. You know, then you got some of my good neighbors here to the west, South Dakota areas that frankly haven't even been able to get planted in the last two or three years and you know those guys are all excited because it looks like you know the for them the dryness is going to allow them to get some acres planted that they haven't before so i think the market is just thinking well we could get a little softer news here in terms of the acreage now does that change the amount of corn or beans available for may obviously not so but the futures are weird that way uh so i think a little shift of the psychology in that direction susan and then i wouldn't completely discount the idea that it looks like maybe there's just a little wetter pattern at least for now in the market which we'll take because it's been so darn dry horribly dry talked to a rancher friend of mine that goes back almost 40 years uh west of mobridge here about an hour and a half ago and and uh, they don't even get a dew out there you know so to, to, I don't mean to make light of this thing. For some areas, it is absolutely a, a nightmare, and uh, I, I hate that. I, I, I too, it, you know, the farmer part of me, you know, clearly, I'd rather have it rain, you know. So uh, I, I still think that the, the the raw fundamentals of the grain markets are still pretty good. I would be surprised that you wouldn't see the market have a weather scare or two as we move forward the next 60 days or more. Uh, you're still going to have everybody looking at the same uh, uh, drought maps, subsoil moisture, lack thereof maps, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and, you know, the market will be hanging on every 10-day uh, forecast. So um, th- th- this thing's going to be volatile and whippy. I continue to kind of encourage people to look at new crop. Uh, this is an opportunity that, you know, is better than you've had for four years. I'm not saying you got to do them all. I'm not saying you got to do any, but I would certainly consider doing something. The deflationary uh, actions that we talked about on the livestock side, how long is it going to stick around on the grain side to be an issue? Uh, if it's 
for instance, if this crude oil would decide to wreck for real, and it had a rotten day, and I thought there was a lot of leadership out of the energy markets today, especially, you know, and there is a direct correlation to the corn on that, you know, from an ethanol standpoint. Um, uh, <clears throat> it, yeah, how long? That's a good question and an impossible one for me to answer. I, you know, for me to sit here and say that all of a sudden since Wednesday that every political move that's happened the last few months, every economic move that's happened the last year and a half is suddenly unimportant. Um, the fact that the government's got more money borrowed than, you know, you can, it, it just defies imagination, uh, that we don't have things in place that are going to almost inevitably create inflation. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? Hey, call us, 800-358- 3047. Thanks again for having me on, Susan. Always great to talk to you. All right. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.